This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. This latest episode of the Forever Bristol City podcast. It certainly was a nightmare afternoon for Dean Holden and his team at Vicarage Road because the final score, it was Watford 6, Bristol City 0. Abject, shambolic, any other adjective you want to describe failure you can think of would be appropriate this afternoon. We got a few people in our uh, live studio, Les, Dan, Greenan, Mark, that is, and, uh, and uh, Ian. Um, let me come to each of you. Just give me 20 seconds on what you thought of the game. I'll come to you first, Mark. So 20 seconds, quick summary. Then we get into the detail after. Mark. Um, City just showed no backbone today. Uh, no bravery on the ball in terms of passing the ball, in terms of tackling, in terms of position, in terms of organisation and got what they deserved. Uh, and the bravery comes from the appointment of the manager to the uh, to the execution on the pitch. And um, this club is heading backwards fast unless we make a change quickly. Okay, that's your say, Dan. Your uh, thoughts on uh, this afternoon? Time for a change, but very briefly to begin with. Uh, poor from start to finish. Couldn't scared to make a tackle. Too weak on the ball, too weak in general, and I think now is the time to make a change before we end up being in the relegation battle. And okay, good summary there. Here. Good summary there, Ian. Uh, your initial thoughts on this? I uh, I agree with everything that's been said. The I've got a solution. The solution is to to clear out the coaches and Ashton and bring in Eddie Howe, Paul Cook, or Nigel Pearson. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Wishful thinking there. And Les, uh, your uh, take on this. Uh, Brian Tinian said, didn't see this coming. Uh, I think we did. We've been seeing it for a while. Uh, I'm, in my view, the fault lies completely with the management staff. Uh, you're playing a top four team. You've got Moore and Taylor who've never played before. You've got two centre midfielders who've never, been, never played together before. Both of them are very, very lightweight. Um, I think all three of them should be binned out as quickly as possible. Okay, I can't see that uh, happening. That's what I put on uh, O2. We can shriek as much as we like, but uh, I think if they make a change in the wake of this, it's an admission of failure of the uh, experiment. But if if there is a change, then I think it's not only Holden and the coaches, I think it's Ashton has to go as well. But let's get down into the action. I'll come to you first, uh, Ian, with the uh, the lineup. Um Mamara Diju gets in the starting lineup. Uh, a few changes. What were your thoughts on the lineup, Ian, when you saw it named? Well, I said before the game that if he plays a back three, whoever's shuffling papers, can you stop? Um, the the back the if you play a back three, you can't play Taylor Moore on the left hand side. I understand why he did because Taylor Moore has always been terrible on the left-hand side of a back three. So he had a good game the other night at Sheffield United on the right-hand side of a back three. But because Mawson's out for the season, we haven't got anybody else who can kick the ball with their left foot. Mm. We've got four central defenders fit. They're all very right-footed. So he pushed Taylor Moore over there. So you've got Taylor Moore, who's incapable in that position, although I quite like him as a player. 
and young Riley Towler. So that's up against the £40 million winger that Les mentioned the other night, Ishmael Assar. Yeah. So that's not bright. That's just not bright. Now, the first goal... Let's go, we're going to the goals in it. We're going to the action in a minute. Just want to go through All right. the team line. So the, so, line, so the lineup was was that you have, you've got a midfield where no one can tackle their way out of the wet paper bag. Yeah, you've got uh, no you had no height there, and unfortunately, um, we don't win first balls because we're physically weak. We don't win second balls because we're physically weak, and the service to the front players is non-existent. Yeah. And it was today. So yeah. I, I really, really thought the setup was poor. I, I would have gone four five one. Yeah. And and play put a player in front of each of the full backs and, and tried to uh, get those players involved with fam uh on the break. And I mean when people say, Oh well, there's no experience there, there's huge experience. Oh, there in is. That there song. is. All right. Let huge. me come on. To- yeah, let me come on to uh, Les. Les, Ian said uh, quite rightly about Moore being played on the left. I mean, quite honestly, <laughs> in reality, Mariapa, in my opinion, Mariapa should have come in on the right side, more in the middle. Callus on the left is the most experienced one and a better left-sided player, even though he's right-footed, than uh, Mariapa. But at least to give Towler a little bit of um, support. You know, he is the captain and we come on to leaders and what have you. But uh, Ian was 100% right with that, that comment about it was set up wrong defensively, wasn't it, Les? No, no, no. I completely agree. I mean, I mentioned on Wednesday that I was very worried about Taylor playing against Saab. It was always going to happen because of how he played against Sheffield United. What he needed was some protection and that's not just from the left centre-back. Um, but because we played 3-5-2, he didn't have a wide man in front of him who could drop it and offer him support. And we had two centre midfielders, one of whom needs to get across and offer him some protection. One of them is Lansbury, who comes who comes across to me as defensively lazy, and Masengo, mm. who runs around all over the place. And that then begs the question, and I mentioned this briefly on Wednesday, I can't understand why he played Joe Williams in that game against Sheffield United when we had a bigger yeah. game on paper today, and he could have offered that protection. I mean... Yeah, Taylor Moore was the one centre-back I wouldn't have played there because he has, in recent times, been very, very wobbly and talented protection. So I think they got it very, very wrong, both in terms of the centre-back and also the midfield in front of him. Yeah, because what he could have done, he could have left Moore out and then just Callis moved across one and then um, Mariapa come in and then had had Viner back there. That would have been a bit more solid than than it was. Dan, up front, were you surprised that Famara got a start in the team? Uh, I was a bit, Dave, yeah. Cause if you can speak up a bit, Dan. Can you speak up a bit, Dan? Somebody said they couldn't hear you. Were you surprised to see Famara in the starting lineup? Uh Yes, well, I, I was, but I think he shouldn't have been starting because recently he's been poor. So I think it would have been better to have started maybe Wells, but... I get it because of his height, but he's offered nothing the last few games, to be honest. No, he hasn't. Nothing. You know, leaving in the summer or what, I don't know. No, um, Mark, um, the midfield, as uh, Ian and Les have both said, they haven't got a tackle in them, Masengo, Lansbury and uh, Patterson. So, I mean, was there an argument for me maybe playing Naj in there? And as Ian was saying, and I was advocating, maybe going a 5-4-1 or something like that, because we were overrun in midfield, weren't we? Yeah, we needed some tacklers. I mean, what he could have done, it's easy in retrospect, he, he could have put um, Mariapa's right centre-back and moved Viner into uh, in, in, into midfield, maybe yeah. his, his, right, yeah. uh, his right of the three with Patterson left of the three. But whoever he plays in there, and we found this for weeks, they're all brittle. None of them are brave. None of them can make a tackle. Lansbury sprays a few passes around, but most of them were going into the opposition. And when we did get the ball forward to Pham, his touch was poor, but there were no runners off of him at all. So it was easy for Watford to get the ball back and counter-attack and and into so much space as you'll go on to in the goals. For the yeah. first goal and the second goal, easily picked off, easily beaten, just players trailing in their wake, just not physically able to get to keep goal side of, of attackers, just too strong all over the pitch. But is that, is, that coaching? Is, that, is that coaching or is it the player's mindset? Because I think we didn't 
I think Chris Honor said this on Radio Bristol. We didn't concede that many fouls. You know, we weren't doing petulant little fouls like we have been. Nine, doing. I think he said. Nine. Nine. Yeah, nine, 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 nine free kicks. Right, just too nice. Into, too yeah, soft. We, we, are, we are. Let's get into the goals then. I mean, it was all going rat to rat shit after one minute, 30 <laughs> seconds. On that, on our left, their right, £40 million SAR, on a run, acres of space, cross and then it was uh, well it was a more a Taylor Moore own goal but uh, to begin with but uh, it's been given to Semmer 1-0 one minute 30 seconds on the clock um, Ian that, it was all downhill from there really your thoughts on that first goal and then the second goal when uh, Viner's back pass that was sloppy he's done too much of that so Ian you on the first two goals well the first first goal is a straight 30 yard pass Tyler was up the field playing wing-back, waiting to receive the ball. Taylor Moore was stood next to him. Well, I say next to him, probably five, six metres apart. So all he had to do was pass it straight. Sara got the ball, ran in, um, crossed it. It got a touch-off, I think it was Taylor Moore, spun up in the air and hit the kid in the chest on the line and went in. So uh, a lucky goal in one way, but we were wide open in the other. The other ball, Viner could have taken a touch, cleared the ball up the field, passed the ball, done what he wanted. And for some reason, he came came out with an outrageous flicked back pass. Yeah, off the God outside of the foot, wasn't it? Yeah. Terrible, terrible uh, error from a player that's been playing well. But, I mean, in fairness, he's been messed about. He's been put as a holding midfield player. Then all of a sudden, he's, he's back on the right of a three and all the rest of it. So... You know, both goals were terrible, but what those that that did, it set the tone for the match. Yeah. And it two nil, and I don't know how, how many minutes had gone. I think it was about 14, twelve or something. Fourteen it was. Fourteen. 14. Twelve fourteen minutes gone, we're two nil down. I tweeted game over. Yeah. Because I couldn't see us scoring two goals. No. Whatever happened. No. And we're just we're just too weak. Physically weak. Um and you need just need somebody who's going to come in, get the 11 points we need to stay up, 11 or 12 points we need to stay up, and then start again in the summer. He's, he's got a head start because 13 mm-hmm. players in the first-team squad will be out the door in June anyway. Yep. So, all right, let's go on to know. let's go on to the next couple of pieces of action. I come to you, Les. First of all, there was a rare sortie by us down into uh, their uh, well, our attacking area, heading downfield. Fam tried to get the ball through to Semenyo. It didn't. It broke, and then Masengo was fouled by Chalaboa just on the edge of the uh, edge of the box. Pato's free kick straight out of the wall. Mm, that referee didn't give us anything. That was a bad tackle by Chalaboa, wasn't it, on uh, Masengo? No, it wasn't. It was a perfectly good tackle. He was got it? the ball. He, his legs, his, his studs weren't raised. It was a perfectly good challenge that 10 years ago wouldn't have been a foul. Uh, yeah. So I completely disagree with you there, Dave. And Dave, don't ask me about goals three and four because there were so many of them. I can't remember what happened. <laughs> what all, all right. Stuff. All right. All right. Let me come to... I'll, well, let me... I'll, I'll, I'll come to Dan. Dan, quickly. Dan, I thought that was a bad tackle by Shalaboa on uh, on Masengo. Did you think it was? <laughs> I must admit, at the time it did, but then seeing it back, he did get the ball. and like He like, did yeah, get the ball, fair enough. Know, that wouldn't be a foul. So. I'll, stand correct, I'll stand corrected on that. And then just after that, we did get a corner where Taylor Moore's had a drop, but nobody could get uh, a leg on the end of it. OK, Mark, I'm going to come to you for goals uh, three and four. Uh, poor old Taylor Moore, at one stage, he could have been going for that trick of own goals. The first one could have been him. And then the second one... 29 minutes on the clock. Uh, Taylor Moore clears the ball behind for a corner. Half clear to Will Hughes. Good player for Derby. Doing it for uh, Watford at the moment. Cracking shot, wasn't it? Yeah, but it took a deflection. Well, it, it, actually, it wasn't. It, w- it was a poor shot because what he did was he hit it um, with the outside of his foot and it was going It was going way wide to the right. What happened was Moore attempted to block it, but as he turned his body, it hit his hip and flew back towards the towards uh bent his right hand and dropped in the corner i think he got a slight hand on it but it dipped under the bar so it was going nowhere near the goal and the ball's been accredited to will hughes it, it was going nowhere near goal at all it was going going from from left to right 
and then it just flew back uh, flew back in the other direction because because of Moore's because uh, of Moore's deflection. So it was a fluke. But yeah, uh, yeah another another wrong call. <laughs> I mean, it just then, went from bad to and worse. Then, and then and then Brian Tinian, I thought he was quite honest actually, and he probably thought I'd been here before. Written this Swansea two thousand five. Yeah, he was very pink. I don't know whether he'd been on the pop or whatever, but uh, and, but uh, and chubby. And yes, yeah, well, that's what lockdown does for you. I was looking at myself today and this jumper I've got on, whether it's my shirt or my gut, I don't know. Anyway. No, no, it's, de- it's definitely you, Dave. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> the, one thing Tinian, the one thing Tinian said, the one thing Tinian said was when, on 34 minutes, Pedro hit the bar and we had about seven players in within about five yards of him, but nobody, he just had a, a free pop there, didn't he, Mark? Pedro, 34 nobody, minutes. Nobody, nobody put in pressure on the ball, and, and this was the, the problem throughout the match. Uh, you know, already a minute went by, there's no pressure on the ball, can't tackle. First and, 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 and second balls were all being picked up by Watford in the centre, and cleverly and Hughes were finding winning runners. They were, they were, they were able to pass to pick, you know, pass the left, pass the right, pass from the middle, because they always have winning runners and their strong physical front three of, of Sema, uh, Yao Pedro, uh, and Saar. It was just easy for them, meat and drink, you know, just running then, into space. And then it really was uh, all over. I mean, at least we didn't have Rene Gilmartin with his commentary saying we can come back from this. But uh, all the mean, final third. Or the final third of the field, we weren't playing particularly well. We were turdish in the final third of the field. Um, <laughs> right, um, no swearing. Uh, the fourth goal, there we go, no swearing. The fourth goal, 35 minutes. That man saw two goals and two assists from him this afternoon. Easy pullback for uh, Semmer, Mark, wasn't it, yeah? Yeah, I mean, Tyler was uh, midway in his, in, he was out of position. And, uh, I mean... It, it was just out down the side again and, and crossed and Semmer just made it for, you know, he just, he just made, put, he just took it from the centre of the box, passed across again by Saar and it six City players, I mean, Sins was saying there were six players behind the ball and nobody put pressure on, uh, on Semmer. He just, he was, he was just on the penalty spot. He just strokes it into, into the goal. It was easy. I mean, it, yeah. it was just men against boys. It was it was a question of how many goals are they going to get every time yeah. we go forward. You just pick us off like yeah. playground football. Ian, half time came. What were your thoughts? I was just sat there, sort of just angry. I just felt angry because I felt a result like this was coming. I know I said to you before the game, I take a draw, and I thought not having had one for nineteen matches, law of averages, we might have just pulled one off today, but. You know, this type of performance, and Dan Bentley didn't really, he only had a couple of saves to make. This type of performance or this type of scoreline has been on the cards, hasn't it? Yeah, we've been lucky. But what did you think at half time when you had your cup of tea? Half time, I thought we'd make some positive changes and we didn't. Um, we brought on a bloke that can't play left back to play left back so we could take the young lad that was playing left wing back off. Um, who else? Uh, what was the other change at halftime? Half-time, he took off Moore and Tyler and brought on Naj and uh, Mariapa. So I'm guessing he went to a flat back four then, did he? Well, yeah, he, went, right? yeah, yeah. He, went, he went four, three, three. But, I mean, Naj, something, nothing. Um, I Personally, I'd have brought on Backinson, who I thought did okay when he came. He wasn't brilliant, but he did okay when he came on. Mm. Uh, Naj runs around a lot and he'll intercept a bit and he's quite busy and, and he does track runners when they try to get back. I'll give him his due, but he's not going to dominate a midfield in the championship and win your games. Um, I, I, once again, I would have switched to what I did it. I said at the start, I'd have switched to a, a four five one and just gone for damage limitation. I mean, you're four nil down. I can't remember the last time we scored four goals in a game. No. Um, so it, there's no way we were ever coming back. And no. they were so much better than us. It stood out by a mile. But well, you could have bought. You could have is, taken. You could. Sorry, sorry, and carry on. Well, it, it, they they have they didn't beat QPR the other week, and QPR aren't the best side in the division. So no. why can they look that good against us? I mean, they're in. They're fourth. They're not top fifteen points clear. So. Um, and, and all I'm hoping now is that we can pick up the 11 points we need to stay up out with a 51 available. And at the moment, I really, really don't fancy us to do uh, it. No, I, 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 
I actually think we've got enough to do that change or no change. Really? Or no. I don't. I do. I really do. Because we can't. All right. Fair enough. I, that, that's what I. That's what I think. I mean, Les, half time. Did you? Did you? As they say, bother coming out for the second half. But uh, or, <laughs> I mean, what did you? And he what came did out you think tonight, the Give him credit. Yeah, he did. He did. Did you? Did you? Uh, what? What were your thoughts? You know, when you had your half time cup of tea or whatever it was, you drink it, and then when you saw the changes that were made. Uh, honestly, when it when it's four nil at half time, I was thinking. Make it eight, make it nine. Short term, <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, short term losses for long term games. They get yeah. eight or nine. The manager's gone. Yeah, uh, they're for, their hand is forced. You ain't going to come back from four 0 down against Watford, and we've been playing as poorly as we were. Oh. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would have liked us to see maybe two goals in the first ten minutes and suddenly ruin the game. It ain't going to happen. So get oh. eight, get nine, get the hand forced, and um, then they'll be forced to make a change. It didn't happen. They got was it six? So we're still in limbo, aren't we? We're still in limbo. We don't know what's going to happen. I doubt he's going to go. As for the subs, it's irrelevant because we haven't got the quality to bring on to make a difference. There's a great saying, isn't there? I think, uh, Les, you probably agree. It was rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. interesting, this yeah, thing yeah, about yeah. quality, this thing about quality, which we'll come on to later because it all does uh, relate to uh, recruitment. I mean, let's get into the second half because we've still got two more goals to uh, talk about. I mean, Dan Bentley... <laughs> Bentley, he let he let in six. He let in six, and actually, I I'd only want to do marks, but I would give Dan Bentley a six because I can't really blame him for any of them. Dan, and if you can speak up a bit, Dan, very quickly. Yeah. Um, so because your audio is not that great, very quickly, Dan Bentley, would you fault him for any of the goals today? Not really. If I was, I'd be harsh. I think no. I think they're just defensive and not not closing the ball down quick enough. And then, yeah, them just getting in and scoring. The only That's save, important. the only save that he did that I can remember came on fifty-two minutes, and I thought, here we go, this is number five, and he he saved well at the uh, near post from uh, Pedro. But then uh, goal number five did come on fifty-five, and um, it was uh, Ian Saar, forty million player, class above everything else on the pitch. He powered past Masengo which didn't take a lot of doing, really, I guess, and then powered it in from 15 yards to Dan's left. Your, your thoughts on uh, goal four, and we'll do goal five as well with you, Ian. Well, it, it was it was too easy for him, wasn't it? I mean, we're in the second half now, so it'd be goal five. We were 4 nil down at half-time. That's it, goal five so, and six. Yeah. <laughs> Cheeky so bastard. He's, he's Sorry. put the... He's put, he, yeah. he's put it in. He didn't have any... Let's be honest, he, did, he didn't have much to do. Um, and he's put it in from the edge of the box in about six yards of space because yeah. what we don't do, and I've been banging on about this for probably two months, is we don't close down, uh, we don't get tight. We don't. I mean, I, I, I always remember Joe Jordan saying to me once, look, I don't expect wingers to tackle like fullbacks, but I do expect them to get in the way, and yeah. that's what our, our guys don't do. So we did that. Um, the sixth goal was a breakaway. We had an, a decent opportunity on the edge of their box. They took the ball off us very easily, ran up the field very easily. Jack Hunt was, they had three against one. And uh, the guy that put it in looked about two yards offside to me, but the linesman didn't give it. So, and by that time, I, I'm, I'm with Les. I'm, I'm thinking, well, if they could get another three or four goals and we get really obliterated, then they would absolutely have to act. But I, I think, you know, if I, where, will they act? They should. Will they? No, don't know. I don't think they but will. I, I think, but will they rather lose potentially from everything I'm reading and seeing on social media, thousands of season ticket sales? Because well, that's the big thing. People, people aren't going yeah. to buy tickets to watch this. You've got people who no. lost their jobs. They're on yeah. furlough. They've been made redundant. Yeah. The daddy, 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 da, and the football is going to come a very poor third or fourth when it, to pay when it is, paying the mortgage is, and going on holiday. Yeah, when it is like it is, and then just to wrap up the goals, goal number six on eighty-nine minutes. We were almost wanting it to come. I mean, well, I that's, the, Steve, that's the one I said was three yards offside. Yeah, what well, what he was offside. Yeah, it, in and and Saar, as I said, two goals, two two assists, and God, that was a name to put on the back of the shirts. What was it, Sinkenagel or something like that? Sinkenagel, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did have one little bright spot in the game, which was um, Masengo's shot. Uh, 
there was a little, nice little one-two in the box. It was when we were five-nil down, but I thought that showed promise. And Masengo, for me, he's one of the players that does seem to be coming back into some level of form, but that's against a very low bar. I mean, Mark, um, bit of an insult for Naki Wells when, uh, with five minutes to go, he brings him on for a fan. Was that just to give him his appearance money to keep him sweet, do you think, or what? Well, that's be the only reason. I mean, what, what, what's the point? I mean, you know, it wouldn't have made a, a lot of difference. But yeah, I mean, you know, we needed somebody to hold the ball up up front. City just throughout the game, City didn't didn't have any runners. Anybody who was prepared to to pass forward, or or as, as Tinian was saying, and we could all see that. Just play the percentages in the second half. Try and you know hit it to the front man and play off of him. And yeah. that's how we could have played in a few games where we wanted to pass less, you know, against teams like Brentford, maybe, where we can't yeah. compete with them in, in terms of in terms of possession football. We could uh, we could play we could play less passes, but you have to be able to have the runners to be able to make it work to make it work. But yeah. you also have to have, a, have to, you know the physical ability. We haven't got any of that, and that's the wor- the real worry is City can't compete physically in a lot in most of these games. Yeah, and we're you know we play teams like Millwall uh, and Cardiff who have gone ten and eight games respectively without a win, but they've outclassed us in terms of physicality and game plan. Yeah, and teams will look at us now and think City are, 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 are you know we're easy meat, Bristol City. You know, if we just need to get in front, we can dictate the tempo of the game because yeah. they, you know they can't do anything. It's that that is the worry we got. The people who are managing the team can't lift the players out of this malaise no. when they go behind. So Which is what we've been saying. And the, and, and the people yeah. on the bench... I mean, it was interesting. I noticed something on the bench today that Tweedledum and Tweedledee, that Simpson and uh, Downing, were there was no dialogue going on. Then at one stage, I saw Pat Mountain with a clipboard talking to one of the players with Dean Olden standing there with his um, hands in his pockets. So has he lost the dressing room or are there too many cooks and all the rest of it like that? Um, lost his coat, Steve, I think. <laughs> yeah, Steve, Steve has put on here, the senior players today, he said they were by and large a disgrace. And when people talk about, you know, we, we, we're playing with a weakened side, somebody pointed out, you know, we got Dan Bentley, Hunt experience, Zach Viner isn't, Callas is, Nash is an international, Mariapa, when he came on, he's experienced, Lansbury, he should know better, Pato, I thought he was a passenger today. Semenyo, Raw, Diju, passenger. Les, do you think that the senior players over the last couple of weeks have stepped up to the plate? I mean, who's to blame here? Is it equal blame? And let's ignore Ashton for a minute. But is this the players or the manager? They've no respect for him. What do you think, Les? I think a team is a reflection of their manager. And when... uh... Holden was employed. He, they, we were told it's because he's a good human being, and the players are going to. He's going to be popular with the players, and that's how we play on the pitch. We play like a bunch of nice guys, and unfortunately, at this level of football, that's not enough to get you to the level you want to get. At. It's very, very simple. I think all the players have been let down by a complete inability to coach a set of tactics into them. It changes every week, every week or every game. And I don't think the coaching uh, trio have any idea as to how to set up a team effectively at this level. And I feel very sorry for the senior players in this team because they will get a lot of stick, but I think they're being badly let down by the leadership. So do you think this business about coaching, because we've even heard Holden or one of Tweedledum and Tweedledee say we haven't been able to get out and coach them because of COVID, yeah? He, Dave, 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 sorry, yeah. sorry. Did you did you see Barnsley against Chelsea? In the no, week? I did. No, so there was a good thread on that. I mean, somebody put two minutes of Barnsley showing a high press. So they're making excuses then, aren't they? Dean's making it's excuses rubbish. for the people that are meant to be helping him, isn't he? Absolute rubbish. There's absolutely no reason why you can't drill a team at the moment. You see it. That, how many teams are there in our league who don't have a form of identity? There's so few of them. You know you're going to get with Cardiff. You know what you're going to get with teams like Norwich and Brentford. Yeah. They are completely drilled. Wickham, they're the same, really well drilled. We have nothing. There's no sense of um, clear instruction and tactical uh, acumen that's being spread onto the players. That's why it changes every week. We just don't know. Maybe it's too many players available. Well, too many different types of player available. I don't know what it is, but clearly... If we had well, again, we've had quality. Yeah. We've got... We've got... Again, if you look at... 
we said earlier, uh, this Roger who was on uh, Radio Bristol beforehand saying, oh, we haven't got a midfield. Well, I'm sorry, available today was Masengo, Lansbury, Patterson, Naj, Backinson, Palmer, and you can throw Callas onto that mix. So we've got seven players that have had decent minutes on the pitch this season, but we've got quantity, not quality. And the only quality... Well, no, we've got an international, and we've got Lansbury, and we've got Palmer. So those three, you know, in theory... That those as a three, a lot of clubs would be happy with that as a midfield three, wouldn't they, Ian? So what's going wrong? Why why can't we organise the assets that we've got? Ian, sorry, Dave. Dave. Well, why why can't I was um, I just went on mute there to to listen to three and a bit minutes of Dean Holden. Oh yeah. Um, saying all the same stuff he says whenever we lose. You know, I mean, you can, uh, you know, if you want to play Holden, Buzzword, bingo, uh, we win to, <laughs> We win together, we lose together. As I say... Um, all know, i got to say to that is... There we go. Well, he took um, Taylor off to protect him. Yeah, get that. Put... Mariap on, who's experienced. He can't play left back, but he is experienced. <laughs> I mean, joking apart, these guys are senior internationals. I lost a great deal of time, and I know it's slightly off subject, but I lost a great deal of time for all the senior pros at Bristol City <laughs> when they refused to take a pay cut and they took a deferral at the start of COVID. Bristol Bears took a cut. And they're Even on probably Mar- a third of the money. Yeah, Mark Ashton and Lee Johnson took cuts. Now, okay, on one hand, you could say, well, they can afford it. Well, yeah, so could Thomas Callas, Nathan Baker, Jay De Silva, Casey Palmer, Fermara Giju. I could go on. But they didn't. They would only take a deferral. At that point, I lost a huge amount of time for all of those senior pros as men. Yeah. Uh, Because at the same time, 30 or 40 people got made redundant. Yeah. Um, who were on the minimum wage, and uh, I that that stuck in my craw. I really didn't like that. And if I ever get a chance to tell any of the senior players face to face, you can be sure I will. Yeah. Um, well, we probably still but, owe Bailey. We still owe Bailey Wright money, don't we? <laughs> well, I, I think it, it, at the end of the day, um, today was unacceptable. I've listened to what Holden said. Um, some people say fair play to him for fronting up and coming out. Well, it's, that's his job. He's got to do that. Yeah. He's, he was interviewed by um, Sycophant T- oh, sorry, Robbins TV. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he wanted to be asked any difficult questions. What do you do? Well, we go back to the training ground. We work hard. Everybody's got to look at themselves in the mirror. Heard it all I, before. I, heard it all before. Yeah, I've heard it all before. And, you know, we did all that when we lost to Cardiff. And yeah. look what's happened. Since then, we've lost two more games. Sheffield United was a defeat, but the manner of it was, I would it say, was acceptable. Poor. It was poor. No, it was it poor. Was, well, but it was more acceptable in, in Cardiff, which was a very low bar. But this yeah. has happened too many times. It happened Millwall at home, Reading away, Cardiff at home. Um, it And it just keeps going on. And I don't yeah. think between Dean Holden and the coaches that they've got any answers. No, I agree. I agree with that. I agree. I, I don't think there's going to be change, though, but uh, more of that in a second. Mark, um, the players, p- players, has he lost the dressing room, would you say, based on the performance of certain players? And what do you think, my view that I expressed earlier in the uh, pod about Callas, he is captain and he doesn't exude a captain's persona like Lewis Carey did, maybe Rob Newman, and the like of that that we've seen in the past, yeah? So, you know, as some other people have said, they don't look like it hurts. You don't see them chastising each other when they make mistakes. Yeah, it goes. I mean, this goes back to what Lee Johnson was saying about players needing a cuddle or something. I mean, I don't know about modern-day footballers. Perhaps we're a bit naive, David, because we, we want to see more passion, don't we? We want to see more of the Lewis Careys or the Roy Kings, you know? Captains are prepared, you know, go round and, and bash a few heads and saying, "Are you really gonna? Are you really gonna settle for this? This yeah. is what we become—a team it's that can't tackle, that can't do the basics." And that's the yeah. problem with, with City. Unless they can, unless the coach, the assistant coaches, I'm calling them Faith Open Charity, 
I think yeah. that's a, probably the best names for him. Charity's the, the defensive coach. Right. If they can't get him to do the basics, where we've got problems and we're, we're going to struggle to get those eleven points. But that's that is the only cushion we got. And I think that the, the way that Steve Lansdowne's going, hope they get through the rest of the season. Hope like everything else that they do, no bravery. I hope we get yeah. to the end of the season with it. Uh, and that's all we got. Because if there were, were crowds in the ground now, can you imagine the atmosphere? Well, it'd be that, empty. Uh, that, well, that it was a way performance, but you're right. Exactly. I mean, you wouldn't, want to, you wouldn't want to be trying to sell anything with a Bristol City brand on it at the moment. Dave, um, can, I, uh, can yeah. I break in with some breaking news? Go on. Um, the squad has been fined by Avon in Somerset Constabulary, £10,000 each for making... <laughs> For making an unnecessary journey. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, nice one. That's very good. That's very. Can good. I use that? Hang on. <laughs> yeah, you you can have you can have that. Take it they away. Were, they were an exemplar for preserving social distancing in the face of people they didn't know in the opposition penalty area. There we go. Exactly. Either that are impersonating footballers. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Dan, uh, and sorry if I'm being brief with you, Dan, but your audio is not good for some reason. But do you do you think we're too nice? And do you think the senior pros, some of them, need to set a better example for the youngsters? Yeah, we are too naive. We just we just uh, we're anyone's dreams to play against because we just let them through, and we'll give we'll give no challenge whatsoever. And I'm a little bit fed up with it, to be honest. I just wish we had some. We're a little bit nasty. Yeah, we, we need just, to be. We're far too nice. We're far we too need nice to be that. Tomo's put on here, Ian, you shouldn't compete with Michael McIntyre. I thought that was quite a good one, actually. But there we go. All right, look, what we're going to do is say we've got his plenty, money. There's still plenty to talk yeah. about uh, on here. I'm going to do a few bit on uh, stats here. Right, so that's nine defeats in 12. Yeah. If you look at the last, take out the first four games, because anybody who could attempt to def- d- um, defend. Holden and anything that's going, say, well, you can't take away the first four matches because we still got those points on the board. But if we look at the last 70, 25 matches since the first four, we've picked up 27 points. So it's a fraction over a third of the points. We've got 17 games to play, 51 points to play for. If we pick up a third of those, that is 17, yeah? 17 on 39, 56. I stand by what I said, that even if they just sit on their hands and do nothing, yeah, law of averages, we might still be okay. I mean, Les, am I, am I being the eternal optimist suggesting that? No, no, no. I think we've got enough points in the bank to give us a bit of leeway. Uh, mm. But uh, the danger is, the one thing about this league that I've seen over the years is momentum, isn't it? You get yourself into a bad run and other teams down below start going on a run. Um, things can change, like with Hull last season. But no, I think we've probably got enough credit in the bank. Uh, whether the brand of football and the potential of the management's strong enough for us to keep them on board at the end of the season is another argument. But I think we'll be fine because we'll pick up points. We'll get the odd win here and there, and that's all we need. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ian, uh, I don't think the change is going to come. Somebody put on the OTIP press release later, but that's just rumour mongering on there, I think, as there always are in the, these situations. But uh, let's 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 look at um, Mark Ashton. And, uh, I mean, he seems to be getting a lot of the blame at the moment for how things are and that we'll never take that next step while he's there is he the problem or are some people pointing the finger now above him and saying steve show some show some cojones and get rid of your man and make some changes and i made a suggestion on otib which has got quite a lot of traction on there that sitting on the doorstep for bristol city the 61 year old richard scudamore former executive chairman of the premier league who knows a lot about football off the field yeah, and you could have a situation where you have somebody like him as exec chairman, three days a week, a director of football, and a young foreign coach or something like that. Is that wishful thinking on my part, Ian? That that would appease fans and give something like that, you know, a businessman at the head, and give the fans something to look forward to when the sale of season tickets comes up on the horizon, which is very soon, isn't it? I don't think they will sell any more season tickets with. Richard Scudamore, uh, as a executive chairman, as you put it. Uh, we've already got a chairman, a bloke called John Lansdowne. I don't know what he does all day. Um, Ashton would definitely go. 
another bloke who should have never got with his track record with his CV should have never got a job in the first place. Mm. Um, and that that thereby hangs a tell with saying, well, we want Steve Lansdowne to pick another manager because he's not very good at picking managers. Brilliant businessman in terms of financial services. But honestly, uh, picking football, I mean, the last successful manager we had was Steve Cottrell. And he was picked, was it John Dole, Graham Dole? John Dole. Keith Dole. Keith um, Dole. Keith Dole, I beg your pardon, who, strangely enough, runs a recruitment company. Um, so, no, I, I, I don't. I, I mean, would I like to see Richard Scudamore in there? Yeah, because of his contacts and his nous and his knowledge. Would I sit, like to see him there instead of Mark Ashton? Yes. Um, but what we need to do is get a strong manager in there and you yeah. want somebody but you want somebody who's going to answer back well this is um, it i mean that's the bit about answering back because that's why dean dean isn't going to manage uh isn't going to manage up well with ashton and even jonathan pierce alluded to something in his commentary at sheffield about dean had said you know or dean needs to learn how to manage up properly but dean is in awe of ashton isn't he or in thrall to ashton would you agree with that ian no, no, I, I, I think Ashton's his boss and we've all, um, over the years, it's not something, believe it or not, it's not something I've been very good at um, and, and I've left companies because I, I, I answer back, um, not in a offensive, in a rude way, I don't mean it like that, I just mean stand your ground and do the right thing and just because my boss said, well, we're going to do that. If I thought it was a really daft idea, I would explain why and then explain why I wasn't going to do it. Now, yeah. with very rich men, and I've worked for several, uh, particularly business owners as opposed to CEOs, um, they don't like it. They really don't like it. No. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that can be, um, be life-threatening. You know, you can, get, you can get the bullet over that. So I would say that uh, I think Dean Olden's a straight guy. I think he's an hell of a nice fella. Um, and I, I'd have him tomorrow as a friend because I think he'd be a really good friend. Yeah. But I don't think he should have got the job. Um, no, and well, he was. It was like giving... We'd have all, the, we'd have all taken it. Yeah, of course you, know, you would. It's like offered, saying to the shift... They'd have offered Mark, me the job. I'd Mark Ashton's the chief executive, and it's like he said to the uh, he said to the shift manager, look, um, I'm going to promote you. You're running the factory. I'm doing everything else. I'm promoting you from shift manager to uh, everything to do with manufacturing. And he says, oh, great. And then he goes home and he pees his pants because he's like, oh, my God, how am I going to cope with this? But uh, Dave Febbs, he's made a contribution on it. He said split Mark Ashton's 550 grand salary in two, give the other half to a new CEO, get rid of the chairman, a.k.a. Junior Lansdowne, and give half to a proper director of football. I mean, Mark, there's going to be some cuts in costs, and having a half million pound chief executive when everybody is either out of contract and staff have been made redundant or taken pay cuts, this whole look at cost of football, well, it's not only Bristol City, it's every club, but, uh, you know, is that a good suggestion from Dave? Spend the money in a different way? Because he, he must be as expensive as some of the players now, the Mark Ashton, mustn't he? Yeah, well, exactly. I, mean, well, I think that's a great idea. I mean, when you're making the number of people they are redundant, who are probably on minimum wage, it's much easier to, to cut those people than it is, you know, to fall on your sword or, uh, or, or, for, or for Steve, you know, to make that change. But he's not giving value for money. He's got, he's got to justify his job in terms of the results on the pitch. And in terms of his recruitment, and of course his big problem is he's not going to sell any season tickets on the back of the you know he can't he, you know he can't convince fans that our both our style of football and the manager are going to see us bounce back next season, and yeah. he's the problem. He's he's the, the problem as well. The 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 the, the, uh, the manager's there because uh, he would have been one of the uh, key people in the appointment with Steve Lansdowne. Mm. So I think they both need to go now. Um, before the, the club goes backwards, because we got you know a new a new manager was steady the ship, wasn't expecting uh, uh, to perform miracles until he was able to recruit his own people. There, there would need to be some sort of change in the management structure because I think that was the reason why Hewton and Cook didn't get the ball, uh, didn't get the ball, didn't get the job in the first place because they were told they had to work under Ashton and there were limitations in terms of their power. 
yeah. so there's got to be there's got to be a tweak there as well because yeah. everything at the moment is a mess. Uh, it's just thrown money at it. They, we, we, everything's just done on a whim and a, a wing and a prayer and hope. Yeah. It, it, no ability. Let me ask uh, Les. I mean, Les is um, is Mark Ashton the Cruella de Vil in all of this? You know, because he's he's unveiled himself. He's so into because if they did get rid of Holden and Ashton, right? I mean, this is a sixteen million pound turnover business, and I don't know if there's anybody else. Usually, when the chief exec goes, it falls to the finance uh, director to uh, uh, chew it over. And there's some there's Probably some good administrators there behind the scenes, Ashton uh, Ashton Gate. But uh, Les, do you think you know we've got to swallow two pills, or Lansdowne has to swallow two pills, or do you agree with me? It ain't going to happen, and it, 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 it certainly ain't going to be both. And if Ashton gets rid of Oldham, he'll bring his mate uh, Appleton in, won't he? Because that's been mooted three or four times over the well, years. Well, yeah, I mean. I don't think uh, Lansdowne will get rid of Ashton. I watched an interesting interview with the Brentford CEO, uh, John Varney, who yeah. someone I knew about 10 years ago, um, and he was doing a fans forum online. And it's on YouTube, so if you type it in, John Varney, Brentford. And it's interesting because he's not a football man. He never has been a football man. What he is is a very, very good businessman, and he takes care of the business side of things. He's interested in commercial aspects of the football club and money in relation to that. Whereas Ashton wants the power, doesn't he? He wants yeah. to be involved in the football side of things. And the problem is, if we get a manager who isn't a yes man, that's going to impact on him in a negative way because then they'll start kicking off about Ashton and the amount of power he has. We need a CEO who's going to focus on the business side of things, not yeah. on the football. Which is, where, the which is where... Which is where, uh, bringing the name back in, which is where uh, Richard Scudamore, right, as that yep. figurehead at the highest level, somebody put a response to my post on Twitter. If Richard Scudamore phones up the chief exec at Liverpool and says, look, can we uh, talk about maybe a lone player? They say, oh, Richard Scudamore, no, Mark Ashton phones up. Who? Who are you? Yeah. Sort of thing. But so also, he's, he's also, got some gravitas yeah. in the game, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah but also Richard Scudamore isn't going to go and say, I like this player, I like this player. Because he's going to be so busy focusing on the finance, which he's going to be focusing on his area of expertise. Well, uh, finance we and need. commercial, yeah. Yeah, whereas Ashton does the finance. He does some whatever scouting, recruitment, whatever he's leading there. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but he's clearly got a few fingers and a few pies in that aspect of the club as well. He's got, he's got too much power. He's got too much responsibility. And unfortunately, he, the reason it don't sit well with fans is because he's very swarmy as well. You watch him speak and you feel like you're listening to a, to a politician. So yeah. for me, don't get me wrong, listen, I don't think we're going to progress until he goes. Because if you look at the top clubs, the Brentfords and Norwiches, they've got such a clear philosophy that runs all the way through the football club. And none of them have someone like Mark Ashton in their business. So um, this, I can't see Lansdowne get rid of Ashton. I think the sooner he goes, the better. And then, oh, But it's not going to happen. It's, it's not, not going to happen, happen, no. No, I mean, OK, look, I think we've done today to death. Nothing's happened uh, tonight. We've got to look forward now to... Um, Tuesday night against uh, Reading, and I think uh, Steve or Tomo put on here, you know, lose at Reading, draw against uh, Barnsley. Yeah, you wouldn't back us on current form to get anything out of the next two home games, which is followed, I think, by, is it Middlesbrough and Swansea away? But let's look forward to Reading on uh, Tuesday. Um, Ian, um, my Brentford friend was telling me uh, this week, Dave, the Brentford fan, uh, they went up to Reading, they won 3 1. Uh, Ivan Tony, 15,000 a week he's on, which is pretty compatible with what we seem to be paying our players, so we are told, or so I'm led uh, to believe. He certainly wouldn't have got 23 goals playing for us. But he told me that Reading, um, they've got the guy Pushkas and Yao, who are on 52 grand and 38 grand a week, respectively. Now, Reading, they're going to have a bit of a blinking problem if they don't get up this year playing wages like that, aren't they? Yeah, they will probably have to um, sell their ground to the owner, which seems to be the way that, that things go. Reading have got an extremely high wage bill. I think it's about 25 30% higher than ours. Mm. And they've got people earning a great deal of money. And, and it's, it's not a secret throughout the game that if they don't get promoted, they'll be in there's going to be a fire cell and they'll be in serious trouble. So there'll be a Derby, a Birmingham, a, um, who was the other one that, that got in a lot of trouble, Sheffield Wednesday. So it's it said that, I don't know it for a fact, but it's said that that's going to happen. And if you look at there, I went through 
their wages once. I think we we Dave Febs and Dave Febs said, well, their wage bill is X more than ours, and it was a lot. Um, but <laughs> this thing about paying wages, if we just get it clear that the season that Sheffield United got promoted, we did the double of them over them, but their wage bill was two thirds of ours. So let's not have this. Oh, you can only get promoted if you if you spend a fortune. Mm. You don't. When we played Norwich, our team cost something like six, seven times as much as theirs in transfer fees. Yeah. Now they might have been paying a little bit more in wages, but if you don't pay out uh, millions, in I mean, look if you look at the lads we signed from Chelsea, Callas eight million, Jada Silva two million, um, Palmer three and a half. Do you think we could get 13 and a half million for them, even no. without COVID? No. Because I don't. So, and I think they're on good money and we got to, uh, we had our trousers pulled down and the guy in charge of that is Ashton. So yeah. Dean Olden would, they, they'd say to Dean Olden, do you want Jada Silva or Lee Johnson as it was at the time? And he'd say, yes, please. So they'd sign him, but the negotiation of wages or anything is Holden and he get, uh, not Holden, sorry, Ashton, and he gets a budget from Lansdowne. So, you know, we, but they're they're not the only ones. I mean, we need, um, you know, we need to have some success because we depend. We still depend a lot on season ticket sales, and everybody yeah. that I converse with on social media or personally is saying, "I'm not going to buy a season ticket." So, yeah. you know, whether it's all all bluster and bull, I don't know. But there's uh, it is pretty toxic. Yeah. At the moment, but getting back, getting back to the uh, Reading game, and before we do, we do that. Um, somebody's been saying about do Bristol Rugby have somebody similar to um, uh, uh, Mark Ashton, and their chairman is the original rugby club chairman, which is a guy called Chris Boy, and then I think Mark Tainton plays the role of uh, is it administrator? Is he chief exec? Yeah. But not with the same. I don't see Mark Tainton telling Pat Lamb what to do somehow. But uh, back to Reading, uh, Ian. I mean, do you do you hold out any hope for us? They, de- I think they only drew at home today, didn't they, Reading? Yeah? Lost no, they lost to Millwall. Did they? They, they, they lost to Millwall. Um, no, I think we'll lose. You think we'll I, lose? I don't, yeah, irrespective of what side we put out, I just don't think there's enough passion, pace, strength, power in our team. Um, then... Um, that we would need to win the game. They've lost today. They'll be looking to win and get on the front foot. We don't get on the front foot. We don't win first balls, second balls, close down. So all the passion stuff is gone. And I think if the fans were actually inside the ground, they'd be getting pelters. You imagine if two or 3,000 had gone up to Watford today. Oh, yeah. Um, I I think they'd be getting pelters. And and rightly so. They cannot expect – I mean – I said to you what I'd do. I'd, I'd put until such time as we can get the managers I named in, and they're all unemployed. And when people say, "Oh, well, they wouldn't want the Bristol City job," they're all out of work. Yeah, and no, they would how do many that. other clubs have got a multi-billionaire chairman, a, a, two, a brand spanking new shiny training ground, <laughs> and a really nice stadium where yeah. you know twenty yeah. twenty-five thousand people turn up every week? Yeah, well, you know, I think clubs, they're going to struggle again. Never mind, never mind coming back after COVID because football crowds and everything for the foreseeable future. It'll be interesting to see how much gates in football in general will be affected. Cause I think, I think we'll be back in August, but I think it will be on restricted crowds. And I, I can't, yeah, I, agree. Say, I can't say that I fancy that. I mean, Dan, do you hold out any hope for us against uh, Reading? I mean, they, they're, they're coming to us on the back of two defeats. They'd had a good run prior to that. Do you see them uh, maybe expecting to – well, they'd expect to turn it around against Bristol City on current form, wouldn't they? Yeah, I expect that. I expect us to lose, David, if I'm honest. I just think there's not enough about us to get anything. So I think we'll lose. Another defeat there. Les, yeah. your your thoughts on uh, Tuesday night against uh, Reading. They they started like a train. They had a bad patch. They've had a good uh, run, although they've lost the last two. Um, it's, it's a must-win game for Dean Holden's credibility as much as anything else, isn't it? Well, I mean, in any game of football, anything can happen, can't it? So, you know, yeah. we, we could play really poorly, get smashed to bits like we did against Forest earlier in the season and then nick a 1-0 win. Uh, personally, I hope, we get, I, hope, I hope we get smashed to bits, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> um, then, again, 
that then seeds further. It's a catalyst for change, isn't it? It's a catalyst for change. Like like I said earlier, short-term losses for long-term gains. If you've got to lose a couple of games badly, that means change will happen. Then I'm more than happy for that to happen. So I, you know, I don't get a lie. It don't make me a bad fan. I'm just being honest with you. Because you just, yeah, you don't want a, a, a win would save him, but realistically, you can't see us breaking out of this in a meaningful way. The problem is, right, the problem problem is, if we win on Tuesday, we can then lose the next four or five games because he's won against Reading. He'll be given more time. Yeah. Um, It's a negative mindset, but I think it's reality. You just, sometimes you've got to take the losses and hope that change happens. Because if, look, if we were at the bottom of the table, it would be different because we're fighting for survival. We ain't going to go up. I don't think we're going to go down, even though we're on a slippery slope. So we got we 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 got time to play with. So that's my view. I, I hope we get smashed a bit. That's the honest truth. That's the truth. <laughs> and uh, Mark, Mark, your thoughts on uh, Reading? I mean, it's a local derby, I suppose, of sorts, isn't it? Yeah, the men from down the M4 corridor. What do you think? I think they'll have too much for us. I mean, they've got that uh, Lee Save, uh, who's on the right side of their. Of their, uh, they play four two three one. He's on the right of the three, and he's eighteen years old. Uh, outstanding player, I think, young player of the season, really in the championship. And Lucas Jow, who can play with his back to goal, uh, came from Sheffield Wednesday, and he does go in and out of games. But you know, he, he scored that goal against us uh, at the end that, that tied it up. It's uh, at the Medeski. And I think they'll have, they'll have far too much for us. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Steve Lansdowne. Steve, if you're brave enough, make the change now. Uh, because, you know, how are you going to sell your season tickets next season when it finally comes around? How are you going to, you know, are you going to convince the fans that you're taking the club to the next level, that we're going anywhere except backwards? You said the point in Dean Oldham was we're going to take the club to the next level. Or Ashton said that. That was the idea. You're not. You're, let, you're letting us down. And I think the other problem with COVID is we got access, much more access to watching live games. We can see when we play badly how shambolic we are live yeah. and exclusive every single week. That's yeah. the downside. Well, that's six, well, and we're blues. seeing the away games as well now, aren't we? Because yeah, that's six exactly. away games. The fact is that it six, we, six defeats on the spin away from seven, home? Seven. Seven. seven on the spin. No and we've only scored in the last six, though, isn't it? Yes. Is we've, right? scored, we've scored three goals in those seven away games. One of those was. Uh, an own goal against Luton and the, mm. the two goals we got against Brentford we're, we're, Brentford will play a game like his basketball because they'll they know they'll score more goals than you and they pass and move the ball well and you know they defend well at the back and, and they, they got three players at the, up front who, who will score goals in a good midfield so they'll just they'll, they'll just out you know they'll, they'll outrun and out, outplay you to beat to beat you they don't they don't care uh, they're be- better than the opposition. But if he didn't make Mark, that change now and we carry on like this, we're going to mess yeah. up. Go on. But, Mark, why, why, why didn't they do that in Millwall today, then? Because Millwall isn't the best side in the world. So if, they, they, if they're that good, and I'm not saying you know they were far better than us up when we played them at the Badeski, so how come Millwall beat them? And how come Covent, uh, West Brom beat Watford? Not West Brom, uh, QPR. Sorry, beat Watford. What? How come that? And because these sides are so good when they play us, that they're unplayable. But oh wow! Because they, we can't. Because we can't. We can't. We can't tackle. We can't. We can't organise, and we haven't got players with so, any belief. So it's about, we can't pass it's, them all it's, forward. It's about us, not them. Would you agree? Yeah. But anybody, I'm not. Yeah, all right. Perhaps I'm building the opposition up too much, but I think when they play us, we're we're a pushover at the moment. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you, mate. But what I'm what I'm saying is mm-hmm. that, that you it's about what we do. It's not about oh they're brilliant because otherwise, you know, if you look at that, if you look at the league table, you'd never go in. You wouldn't put a side out. You'd have said today, we'll look to Watford. Look, you have the points, um, and we won't turn up. Yeah. So these other clubs, I think they go. The point I'm making is, I think they go with a method of play and a spirit. Yeah, and they get it right. I mean, it, it can't be a coincidence. Naki Wells was scoring goals for fun for QPR. Well, he got twenty, but, I think, by this time last yeah, he's playing, year. Playing, can't, he's playing down the middle, can't, he? can't score goals for us. Why? Well, when I say he can't score goals. He hasn't got that many. But why? What is? Is it Naki Wells? Is he suddenly a different bloke? No, he's right. not. These, the thing is, it's just the way we play. Yeah. Well, that's it. The I think from what, what I was saying, I'm, I'm just so resi- I'm just I'm just so resigned 
to, to, to the, the fact that we're not putting in honest performances on the pitch and we just haven't got a clue that, you know, I'm just resigned to us losing at the moment unless, unless yeah, something changes what, in well, the mindset. What, 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 but what you're saying is quite right, Mark. It, it's about us. You've got no faith in us. It's not yes. that Sheffield went, that, that Reading are wonderful and Zhao is 10 times as good as Zizou and, and they got the lad from Chelsea on loan and they got Puskas in midfield. You know, it, it's not that. We've got that to contend with. But if the players are thinking like that, they yeah. were beat before we go on the field. I tell you what, listen, listen, we, might well, listen, we might as well not the, turn up. The, the, I reckon the players are probably thinking, I wonder what formation we're going to play on Tuesday. I wonder uh, what position I'm going to play in on Tuesday. Because we don't have any consistency. It changes every week. The structure changes. The defensive shape changes. Individual roles changes. So how are they supposed to have any consistency in their performance yeah. if everything's changing every five minutes? And again, and whatever it comes team, down to Whatever team you play, Les, whatever formation you play, the players have still got to run. They've got to tackle and they've got to win first and second balls. So that much of it, I, I, you know, playing uh, Taylor Moore at left centre-back well, that was on. just ridiculous. Pick, that was ridiculous. The side, that. That's his fault. But what I'm saying is, if I, I don't see players in that side who can win first ball, second balls or tackle. And if, if you can't do that, how do you win a game of football? Yeah. True. So it's back to recruitment. You know, it's, back, it's back to recruitment, isn't it? That We've got all this bloated squad and where's our DNA? Because that was the mantra that was being put out by Ashton. Oh, we signed players with the right DNA. Well, the DNA here seems to be lily-livered, nice bloke, non-tacklers, <laughs> doesn't it? At the end and of the, the, other, I mean, the other problem is, David, how, how are you going to expect Mark Ashton and Dean Holden to rebuild the squad when we turn over those players in the summer? How, how can anybody, you know, the fans are going to say, we can't trust you to do that? That what you've done before. Well, this is the thing. This is the thing with the players out of contract. Now, I think I put this on an OTIB thread. The players are out of contract. If if I'm if I'm Hunt, let's say Hunt as an example. If I'm Hunt and I'm at Bristol City and I'm 31 and I'm on 10 grand a week at Bristol, 12 grand a week at Bristol City, and I'm thinking, shit, I'm out of contract. Now, I might be able to get 12 grand a week at a northern club like Barnsley. <laughs> I don't see them signing it. I might be able to get 12 grand a week at there and a signing on fee, but I might not. I know my agent, I'll come to Bristol City and I'll say, make me your best offer now as a contract. And I don't think we're even talking, choosing to talk to any of the players, are we? So why are they going to bust a gut when they know they're out the door? Why should Jack Hunt bother for us? if he knows he's out of work at the end of uh, June? Well, sh why should anybody? Because we've got 11 out of contract. And don't forget, we also uh, we also lose the players on loan. So we'll, we'll lose... Well, we've already lost Mawson. Yeah. Uh, um, we'll also lose Sessignon. So that's 13 straight yeah. out the door. Yeah. So we've the, the squad's 38, and there's eight players who've never started a championship game uh, of the ones that's left. So yeah. work it all out, and we've got about 13 experienced pros to pick from and the kids. Yeah. And bear in mind that two of those are goalkeepers. Yeah. Yeah. Red supporters put on here. The players we have don't want to be playing for City. Sad but true. That's why there was zero effort today. Play all the Bristol-born academy kids. I think if we did that, they probably would get smashed. But we certainly got smashed today, and that was with a good fair number of experienced players. Guys, we've uh, just done our, uh, just over the hour, which is great. We, we knew it'd be a lively uh, pod. We've had, I don't know what some of these scores mean, but we've had an engagement score of 1,256. I think that's people hitting a button saying they agree with what we say. At one stage, we had 160 people in the audience. That's individual listeners. They're not all online now. So thank you for everybody who's uh, been listening. I don't think there's going to be anything happening before the Reading game. Yeah. Uh, if there is anything that happens, we'll have a special, uh, we'll have a special pod for doing that. But we'll be back on uh, Tuesday night after the Reading game, as I say, I think I don't I don't think changes are going to be made unless if we only picked up one point from the next two home games and then lost at Swansea. I think that's the sort of sequence that might prompt it. You never know. I might be wrong. Uh, uh, just to just to break in, Dave. Sorry, Brian yeah. Tinian has just posted. Um, Fang Robbins TV sad and upsetting. Yeah. 
And, and it, he did look, he looked like somebody had drained all the life out of the bloke. He, he looked like he did at the end of that, when he was sat in the dugout at we the did. end that of that. was, was the it face s- that he had, the 7-1 seven, at Swansea. Swim one at yeah. Swansea, uh, September 2005. Steve made a good point. I said this to somebody the other day, actually, when we were going out to Brentford. The way forward is to claim COVID, not turn up for the rest of the season and take 3 <laughs> 0 rulings. That will keep the goal difference down. I think that's a bit extreme. but uh, I, I don't think- know. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not as daft as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Steve Lansdowne just wants to run a very successful League One club. And who knows, he might even bring back uh, Steve Cottrell and Aaron Wilbraham. And if he did bring back those two, uh, I don't think there'd be a single... Uh, I think the majority of supporters would think... You know that, you know that saying, David? How do you make a small fortune out of a football club? You start with a large one. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to say, I think we all wish uh, Steve Cottrell very well. He's still uh, in hospital. He's, been there, he's yes. been there, what, a month? Yes, 40 did, days. Uh, 40 days. 40 odd days. Yeah. No, and it was good to yeah. see him get one. Uh, I think he was doing his halftime team talk from uh, the dressing, uh, from, from his hospital ward. And they got one over on uh, Little Lee's boys. But Little Lee's boys uh, got a win today, 4-1 the last time I looked. And he had a goal score with four goals in there. And what I did see on the Sunderland fans forum today, that I think he played a few kids, which he hasn't done in the past. But uh, look, there we go. We're done tonight. Les, thank you. Ian, thank you. Dan, thank you. Mark, thank you, as always. Thank Thanks you. to all the listeners. Have a thank great you rest of evening i've got my first covid jab tomorrow because i live in north somerset so uh, and you're old and i'm old yeah I'm <laughs> i remember um, david you there's one thing i'll say remember listeners don't have nightmares <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks to J- jimbo's just made a comment on there thanks for sorting this pod out what he means there is our sound was shit in the past but uh, with pubs and friends close <laughs> to hear football talk well you might not agree with everything we say but thanks for all those who put little text messages at least now that i've got my internet right i can sort of not feel as on edge as i used to and i've tried to uh, pick up on what some of the people have said but have a great saturday and uh, my jab's at eleven forty. so ian you might be on duty tuesday night if i suffer a reaction but i'll be in touch all right all the best you'll, boys. Be, you'll be absolutely fine yeah. Ta-da, mate. Right. Ta- cheers everyone stay safe bye bye it's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.